0: I invite your attention now to uh, Isaiah chapter 1. You uh, track that down, and let me mention two quick things. First of all, um, my systematics class, the introduction to systematic theology. If you're interested in that, you know I'm announcing it so early because I'm going to be gone, but it's in July. It's two Saturdays in July, the 15th and the 22nd. Um, But we try to limit it to 15, and 11 of those spots were taken last week. So if you're interested in systematics, uh, you need to let my secretary know that post-haste. And then um, I do invite you to come be with us right after this service. Uh, it won't take you long. Uh, you won't fill up out there, it's, so you can just nibble on your way to lunch. But it's, um, it's been the desire of Grace for some time to have an outdoor venue for weddings. And that's what that garden is out there. You'll notice that it's arranged so that a wedding can take place. Uh, And then uh, to make it even more delightful, uh, my wife was honored by naming that garden after her. So Susie's Garden, it's a a place of beauty and a place where we hope uh, many will wed out there. Now, um, before I read my text, I want to try to prepare you um, in some ways for it. Um, maybe, maybe by way of warning, I guess it it is it contains some of the some of those severe words found in all of the Bible, which I'm going to try to point out as I read it. Um, most people would tell you that the the scariest text in all of the Bible is found in Matthew seven, where Jesus says, "Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord," and I agree with that. That's that's really a, a, a text that will arrest you. But this one in Isaiah one. Um, is describing certain things that God hates. And it has to do, of all things, with our worship. I mean, you would think that I mean, if you're in church, you're, uh, it's a good thing, right? Well, take a listen. Beginning at verse 11 of uh, Isaiah chapter 1... Um, Well, let let me just point out in verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord. That is, what I'm about to read is a speech, a message from God. It says, What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I've had enough of burnt offerings and rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations, I cannot endure iniquity in Solemn Assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They've become a burden to me. I'm weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be eaten by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken." Grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, uh, this word, this endures forever. We called her Aunt Phyllis. I, I really don't think she was my real aunt, but uh, she was a she was a relative of some kind. I, I don't know exactly what. But Aunt Phyllis uh, had a PhD in Russian history. And uh, she taught at an all-girls college in, um, or really right down the street from Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. And um, when I was about a sophomore, I think, in, co- in high school, she invited me up to attend a Notre Dame football game. And so my daddy worked for the Illinois Central Railroad, and so I got a free ticket to ride, you know, to Chicago. And up to Chicago I went. She picked me up in Chicago, and we moved. To, we went over to South Bend, and, and the next day, of course, the game: Notre Dame versus Michigan State. She didn't go with me. She gave me a ticket and sent me off to the uh, to the student section, which I just loved. I just thought that was great. Um, and I don't remember who won, um, but I do remember. That they had this this um, this practice this custom of passing an individual student you know above their heads all the way from the bottom to the top of the stadium. (laughs) I thought they were going to throw the guy off. Um, But anyway, uh, the next day, of course, was Sunday, and we went to high mass at Notre Dame. It was in Latin. And that's fine if you, if you understand Latin, which I didn't. Um, oh, I, I was in a worship service, all right. But it was meaningless. It was meaningless goings-on in a church building. Um, I, I'm not blaming the the Roman Catholic Church for it being meaningless, and nor am I blaming Latin. <laughs> I'm blaming me. Because you see, the fact that it was in Latin just gave me the opportunity to do the excuse, really, to do what I wanted to do, which was to check out and just go through the motions, which is what I did. It was just, it was a worship service. But it was just meaningless. Meaningless ritual. Um, And according to this text in Isaiah 1, Israel was guilty of doing that a lot. In this, um, this message from God to Israel, apparently there is nothing in the spiritual realm that is that is more ugly than a worship service that is nothing but form without any substance. Doing things by rote with a disengaged heart, The, the externals, you know, without the corresponding internals. Um... The the, um, the the effort on our parts to compensate for what's missing on the inside by uh, having some kind of extravagance on the outside. Uh, you know, Jesus um, spoke about this um, in in a very stirring way uh, in the book of Revelation. You remember those seven letters to the seven churches that, that the book of Revelation opens with? And one of them is to the church at Sardis, a letter written to the church at Sardis. And, um, and that letter opens this way. You have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Or you're perky on the outside, but there's just nothing on the inside. You have a reputation, but that's all. You know, we Protestants, um, we can be guilty of this as well. The, the example that I love to use, and I've used it often here, is, is um, being raised as a boy in the, in the Methodist church. And we used to sing in the Methodist church a little thing. Uh, it was called the Gloria Patri. We sang it every week. Um, you don't know what the Gloria Patri is? <laughs> um, it goes like this: um, "Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning." That's that's the Gloria Patri, and we sang it every week. Um, when I, I became a Christian in my early twenties and Somebody asked me, um, what does it mean? And I said, what do you mean, what does it mean? I I, I don't know what it means. And he said, well, what is the it? It, what it? it? Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning. The it. What does that it refer to? And I didn't have the foggiest notion. Um, It's an impersonal pronoun. Uh, Pronouns all have antecedents. But what was the antecedent of this impersonal pronoun? It. I didn't know. By the way, uh, in case anybody asks you, it's the Trinity. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning. It's a reference to the Trinity. Every week I sang that. Didn't have the foggiest notion of what I was saying. That's not the fault of the Methodist church. That's not the fault of the Gloria Patri. No, I'm, I'm the one to blame. My mouth moved. But my heart was never engaged. It, never, it was never moved in the slightest. Guys, the reason I'm telling you all that is because once a month here at Grace Yvonne, we offer an extraordinary ritual. This ritual is the focus of our worship service. The ritual is known as the Lord's Supper. It's called a sacrament, the communion. And um, sometimes, for some of us, It can become mere form, empty ritual. We're just going through motions. And if we're not careful, we can be as guilty as Israel was of hypocritical worship, which... I think you would agree very clearly God says he despises. Did, did you listen to this, verse 14? Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I'm weary of bearing them. You see, apparently going to church does not equal worship. Guys, from this text in Isaiah 1, you can see, I think, that the, the intent of all worship was to to foster a true piety a a humble purity of heart Um, these are not religious motions that we're going through here in this sacrament Um, this is the Lord's Supper um, and it It's inviting us to engage our hearts, not just our heads. Gang, there's a drama that is unfolding here because we are symbolically reenacting the event which is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. The violent, substitutionary, sin-bearing sufferings of Jesus Christ on behalf of his people. There's a, there's a body being broken here. There's blood that's being spilled here via this sacrament. And that is supposed to move our hearts. Um, why? Because we're remembering, again, and in, 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 in this way, this time we're remembering in a tactile way. That is, we're gonna we're gonna handle some things. We're remembering again the extremes to which God has gone to provide forgiveness of sin to a people as undeserving of it as we are. The intent of this ritual of this sacrament is to give God's people an opportunity to go directly to Christ remembering what he has done for us and to re-embrace him, to to re-commit ourselves to, to praise and to thank and to worship the God of all grace. That is on display symbolically in this sacrament. So, my brother and sister, let me invite you to join me in what I hope will be for you and for me a, a meaningful, engaging, a A meaningful encounter with the resurrected living Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Our Father, I I do pray that indeed you will meet your people here, that we will um, find ourselves caught up not in a drama or in a ritual, but caught up in the, uh, the provisions of the gospel, the, um, the thing on display dramatically being represented through these two common elements? Might you um, meet your people in a personal and individual kind of way? And for those, Lord, that you've led here this morning who have not yet embraced this Savior, might they get a get a chance to see something that is altogether mysterious, a a sacrament that points us to an event, an event which means life for those who repent and believe. Meet us here, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name.